Hello and welcome back to the final issue of um, Katie's solo storyline. This is the final uh, episode of the first solo series of Mutagenesis. As always, I'm your GM, Evan, and I'm joined by my uh, sister and other the other player, Katie. What up? Now, Katie, do you remember what we did last episode? Um, no, but you can even either way, I think it's probably a good idea for the listeners for you to just kind of refresh everything. Okay, so you're finding mutants. Oh, yes. You found your first one. Uh, who was... Like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, Brazilian Storm. <laughs> and then you found... Um, Oh, yes, I remember. Keep going. The magnetic woman. Mm -hmm. And then you also found a man who can turn himself into like a diamond kind of material. And you helped him by stopping a radioactive... Oh, yes, I remember this. Incident. And then we were talking about lead. I remember, yes. This was quite a a long time ago. But it also probably doesn't feel like a long time ago for for you guys. They come out every week. Yeah. And then you got... An astral message in your dreams mm-hmm. from uh, another possible student, Cameron, who, so he wanted you to break him out of the mental health center at Ten Pines Bluff. That now, sounds like, is it in Arizona? No, it's in um, Wonder Cities in Arizona. Now, this is based around the uh, Boston area. Oh, yes. So, Massachusetts. Are you ready to go to Massachusetts? Let's go. Okay, so you can... Um, you can I've also- been to Massachusetts, have you? No. I've been there. I was in the Boston airport because I was on my way to Maine, and it's an interesting place. I'm all about the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> they do have good coffee. They do, and it was before all the Dunkin' Donuts came out here to California, so Ooh. I know. Okay, so let's say you stop at Dunkin' Donuts first, and then you head over to the Ten Pines Bluff Medical Health Center. Or mental health center. Yeah. They're similar enough. It's fine. Wellness center. They, it's always a euphemism. They wouldn't yeah, say it's like a yeah a wellness facility. Facility. So you so you go there, and now it's kind of in a creepy area because it's surrounded by woods, and woodland areas. Like Blair Witch and, status or yeah, kind of. Well, it's they say that it's meant for you know the people who attend to be able to disconnect from the world and focus on themselves in a calm and serene environment, but you just think it's weird because it's out. After all the things that I've heard about how these wellness centers like abuse their patients, like I wouldn't, I, I would be inclined to believe that it is not as nice as it seems. And I don't know about you, but for me, I, we live in the suburbs. We live in like the hyper suburbs. Yeah. Uh, and I could not imagine living anywhere that is more rural than the place that we live. It freaks me out. No, no, of course not. And I've driven through places in um, across the country, pretty much, like um, most of the Southwest and Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Texas, New Mexico. Um, You don't I don't want to I don't want to live anywhere in the middle of nowhere. I'm good. So so you go there and you go up to well, I mean, it's up to you. But do you want to go up to the. The reception yeah. center and and ask them about this person. I mean, I feel like this is where I'm, I'm going to be at like my peak, right? Like a mental health center. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of interference with a lot of people, like in my mind. Yeah. So you so if you wanted to go over there, um, we can Let's do it. We can put a complication to it, or if you wanted to have mental interference. I think that way. would make sense, right? Because maybe maybe these people, whoever's there are having a lot of, like, issues, and maybe they're manifesting in 
my my mind is like like too much in interesting ways. Yeah, so we'll we'll say that you you know we'll see you see somebody who's who's not there. Like out of the corner of your eyes, you'll always manage to see somebody walking by that you don't notice there when you fully focus on it. Just because it's an interesting place astrally, so you go to the reception center and you tell them, uh, "Hey, I'm looking for." Cameron, and he gave you his full name so you could. Cameron Waller. Do you do you know about Cameron? Can uh, I'm here to visit him and other stuff, right? So they. Well, they, I would clearly pose as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> or an attorney or something. Okay, so you will say that you're a doctor or a health professional that their parent that his parents agreed to, mm-hmm. and so you're here. Or like to, an art therapist. You could <laughs> be. An, well, you could be an art I therapist. I could. Well, I'm just saying that seems like like the most plausible thing to let me in. Right, you're an art therapist <laughs> looking to meet with him, and so they just you just don't want to do like a sit down interview. It can be in the reception hall, so that they're more willing to believe it. And so she goes through her records, and she looks perplexed, and she tells you, uh, "We don't have a Cameron, who is here." And you're like, "Are you sure?" Like, yeah. check again. They say, "No, I don't." I don't see anybody. She's got. He's got to be wiping her mind or something weird. If do you think he's wiping her mind? Well, I don't know, but like, why would he tell me that he's there unless it's a trap? But why would he tell me that he's there and he's not? Well, you are dealing with a lot of telepathic interference here, and on the astral plane. Um, but how would you like to overcome this problem? What, what solutions do you? Well, have? I have to go. Okay. Well, let me go. I'd probably go and like, oh, let me go make a phone call, and then I'd go somewhere quiet and try and uh i don't know what's this what is i'm making hand motions right now but like meditate i guess to kind of um quiet all the noise and see if i could find where he is because clearly he's there okay well we'll use it as a power stunt because you don't have a psychic radar power just yet so you do that don't i have my ipad Well, you can use so there is a mutant there if you were to look at the ipad yeah mutant there but it doesn't tell me no one's no one's telling you that they exist. Right. So let's take a look at that. So we're going to accomplish this power stunt. It's like a gigantic mix. It's like a salad bowl of all the different sensory powers. So when you put them all together, you have to roll a difficulty check of 10 to your perception. Uh, because you already have a 10 in perception, there is no chance that you could fail this. So let's take your... Uh, not take your 10, that's a 10 minute break. Uh, you, it's called like, um, it makes it a routine success essentially. And so you go and so you peer out and now typically with your mental sense, it would be maybe at most 10 feet that you could sense other people's thoughts and actions. So I'm sneaking around this place. Like if there's only a 10 foot radius, I have to like kind of wander around there. Mm-hmm. And see if I can like quiet my brain enough to like find this guy. Well, let's. So you greatly expand it. So now it goes up to about a thousand feet. Uh, oh wow! For, that you roll against. So you're able to extend it out over the entire area of the mental hospital, and you find that you do sense one person. They are way at the back of the mental facility. And slightly underground a little bit, so there's like a service elevator clearly somewhere that leads you over there. But also, there are numerous people who are able to resist your telepathy. Weird. And they appear as essentially blank spots. Like, imagine it's... um, Kind of like dark matter. Like, we know it's there only because it's not there. 
Yeah, it, it, it interacts with your telepathic yeah. senses weirdly. So you kind of like, as it extends out, there's like a perfect area that mm -hmm. doesn't get Like dark captured. matter, like in the universe. And so you can tell they're there based mm -hmm. on the fact that you can't tell anything's yes. there. So you're like, this is everybody in the mental facility, all of the human beings, are mentally Shielded? Blocked? blocked? Yeah. yeah. So they they resist this, and so it's really difficult for you to pick out their image. Mm -hmm. So you're like, interesting. So clearly you're dealing with another telepathic mute. Right. So how would you like to proceed from here? So are they... Okay, so I guess... Well, how do I know that I'm dealing with another telepathic mutant? Because maybe they have to have these blocks because there's a telepathic mutant there, and they need to be able to deal with him. Then they, that would mean that everybody has to know that mutants exist. Do everybody? Do they know that mutants exist no. in this world? Okay, so someone's there clearly with some sort of nefarious purpose. But um, what are my options? Um, so now that you know that there is a mutant here, mm -hmm. and that you know that the other people are resisted to you, I don't see why you couldn't go just literally go directly to them. Let's do it. Okay, so as you do that, you've fallen into my trap. Because as you try to head over to the service elevator area... You sneaky fucker! <laughs> you, um... The service elevator? Two orderly stop you, and they sit... Oh, are they big white guys? Way. Yes. Just huge big white guys? Yeah, like, <laughs> um, hockey player. Oh, yeah. Probably missing a few teeth, too. Okay. And so they say, uh, you're, hey, you're not allowed over there. Where are you going? Super aggressive immediately. What would you like to do from here? Well, I have to, like, I don't want to hurt them, so I want to kindly incapacitate them. How would you like to incapacitate them? Uh, well, I don't know why this is the first thing that I thought of, but could I, like, telepathically, like, start cutting off the circulation of blood to their brain and make them pass out? You, you can't that. sounds that. really violent, though. I don't know if there's a, that's the first thing that I thought of, though. Well, now, recall, you do have astral interference oh. going on here, so... So a part of the complication... But that's not my telekinesis. That's no, Well, you're getting them all mixed up. That's not your telepathy, but you do have telekinesis. Yeah, so yeah. so I mean, then I would use my telekinesis. Yeah. Okay, so then... Like, like Darth Vader status, like... It's, you know, it is remarkably easy to make somebody pass out. Uh, it happens to our brother. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's like, there's well, he a, has syncope. Is that what it is? That's what he said it is. I'm okay. not sure anymore. So there's just one. There's just one spot on their uh, body that mm -hmm. you, if you were just to like constrict like Xena Warrior Princess. Remember how she would like hit them? No, you never saw that because you're. I've seen it. Have you seen it? Well, Xena Warrior Princess, she like hits them with like two fingers in the neck, and they just like pass out. Yeah. I don't imagine that actually works in real life. I don't remember life. which nerve it is, but yeah, let's just say you do that. So you just telekinetically press I down Zena, on Zena. it really, really <laughs> hard. And then they go, ooh. <laughs> so they just fall over. Like, um, like Professor, the professor from uh, The Simpsons? Like. Yeah. So let's, yeah, they have a fainting spell. Yes. And you can even use your telekinesis to gently lift them mm -hmm. onto the ground. So they just lay down on the ground. They are asleep. I'm a, I sure am a kind telekinetic person. Yeah. You weren't <laughs> going to be knocking them out. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't your thought originally. You're just going to. No, I mean, like, here's the thing. I feel like when you're a superhero, you have to balance, like, you're going to fuck some people up yeah but you're also gonna try and be as like kind as you can there's really no black there's no there's all this gray area there's See, no black this is what makes you interesting and different from caesar because well, caesar, caesar is, didn't have a problem with no. it he just shot people because he doesn't have like feelings like i like i was i always tell him like i i'm very much like a rules person and like you these are things that you should do 
where Caesar doesn't think about other people at all. He just wants. He just like goes through life, and uh, just does things. Just be doing things. Yeah, but I think that's just the difference between the two of us. Like I'm physically like. That's why I'm a teacher. (laughs) Like, I I have to care about other people. It's just part of who I am. So, yes, don't let these guys fall on the floor because they could concuss themselves and actually, like, die. So let's... So so we'll continue it. And so you go down in the service elevator. And so you run into more orderlies. God damn. I'm just imagining, like, every... Every... Every, uh... And maybe some patients, too. And so they all... We'll we'll say they all talk in, in unison. It's not their fault. Oh, is this a hive mind? It, is this like Unity on it, on on Rick and Morty? It could be. Oh man, I gotta fuck people up, and it's not even their fault. Well, how would you go about stopping people who are being mentally compelled doing doing things that are not their fault? Oh, that makes me we'll sad. Say there are like f- five or six of them. Five or six of them. Yeah. I'm gonna have to knock him out. Like I don't want to do that, but I have to. Like something's clearly wrong here, and either either this guy, whoever, if either the kid who like contacted me is a problem, mm-hmm. or something's happening to him, and that's why there's so much protection here. E- either way, I have to investigate this. I can't just leave. So I have to. I have to. Sorry, guys. So so we'll see. Are they walking around in like their little gowns too, like their butts hanging out? <laughs> no, they have clothes on. <laughs> That's how I imagined it anyway. So, so they do that, and <laughs> so you just want to... You can arrest them telekinetically. Okay, let's do that. So we'll we'll have you use a, another power stunt. So now you would be getting fatigued. But if you want to spend a hero point, you can use your super-duper powers. I feel like I'm not... Let's see what comes next, because I don't want to use it too soon. Okay, so in order to arrest all of them or you can do i believe yeah you can probably do about all of them I mean, could, do i have to okay yes go keep going okay so um you would have to force all of them to roll against your i'm also a black belt so i guess i could you're not a black belt yeah in my mind i am okay <laughs> well you know what we'll save that for future points that you spend to get stronger sounds good so you'll do that and okay so you do have about enough telekinetic skill to grab just about everyone so let's say you do that and you grab all of them and so we will roll for that so you're going to split your telekinesis six ways um like naruto yes and and so it makes your telekinesis weaker because you're doing it all different people but so there's a chance that some people might resist and break out so We'll roll for that. Awesome. So you use your telekinesis, and so you manage to hold all of... You manage to hold three of them, and then three of them are able to break out because of your reduced telekinetic uh, abilities That because you, you're splitting it six ways. So they do that, and now they will attack you or force you to leave. Now would you like to use your power stuff? Yes. Okay, so let's say instead of splitting your power six ways, you use your... Your point to use extraordinary effort and untapped potential. So those two things together allow you to greatly do something crazy, really, really strong, but it doubles how weak you get. So you get so you instead roll your power stunt to arrest all of them. All of them are held down, and so you do the same thing to them, where you press on their neck and they 
all get incapacitated and they fall down. So now you are fatigued. And so you there are um, debilitating effects that come with that. So would you like to rest or would you like to proceed? Rest. Okay, so we'll give you a little bit of time to rest. So you rest, recover, and then we transition into the next scene. So now that you go and you progress forward and so you find the mutant as you go into his... Do the little white boy, like Joffrey? Yes. Ugh. We'll say he looks like Joffrey. <laughs> so Asshole. You <laughs> so you go in there and you find um, what you didn't expect in that he's not a really a bad guy. He seems like near... Not like catatonic. But... Oh, but... Yeah, so... He uh, is in such a bad state that he's like laying in bed and really doesn't move or do anything. Um, and it's just like laying there quietly. So as you approach, he notices you and then like he offers you his hand. Do you take him? Of course. Well, clearly that's how we're going to be able to have a psychic, a better psychic connection. Duh. So you, okay, so you take his hand and so... I have to believe that I'm stronger than this fool too. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have see. to find that out. So, so you... Oh, um, we're going to have to have like Emma, Emma Frost like battles in your mind. Like a psychic battle. Yeah. That'd be fun. So you take his hand and your combined psychic powers allow you both to go into the uh, astral plane. So now it is a realm of <laughs> dreams and mysticism. And so, again, like before, let's say that your minds both meld together. And so his is part mental hospital. And I, well, I, what would he gain from your mind when they merge the Didn't two? I, I don't remember what I said last time, but some sort of forest thing, right? All right, we'll make it a forest now. Let's say yeah. that you're resolute and calm, so it's yeah. a forest. So there's trees growing out of the walls and all of that. And so it's the exact same mental hospital that you're in, but now it's flooded with water. So you're like walking down a hallway and then just like a flood of water that takes up the whole area comes towards you. So um, you, you've almost, you haven't been this acutely in, tuned into the astral plane um, in your life. So uh, what would you like to do? This is, a, this is new territory for you. So what can you do to stop the astral flood? Well, I'm not sure. Like, I've never... This is a situation that I've never been in before as a character and as myself. I yeah. guess, like... I guess I could put... I don't know. If this was, like, a magic duel, mm -hmm. I would, like, magic a barrier, I guess, right? To stop it. Or I would have to find the source and stop it that way. Okay, so, so... Huh? So, uh... So... Well, I like the idea of forming a barrier, so now your mind affects your reality yeah. in the astral plane, so whatever you think can come to existence because you're telepathic. Right. So you want to make a barrier? Yeah. All right, so you build a barrier. Does it matter what the barrier is made out of? No, I don't think so. Okay, so... It's the astral plane, I mean. Yeah. It's... It could be fucking toads, and it would still work. Yeah. We'll be glass and frogs. So. Form together <laughs> yeah. into like a little uh, bubble around you so yeah. the, the water goes by and you drift through it and you can even use your telekinesis to, to push myself to push through. yourself along that's so, actually is pretty cool so you propel yourself through to these the flooded halls of the area i don't know why i'm thinking of um stranger things yeah like like that kind of hallways and stuff like that anyway. well yeah that's a that's another liminal space kind of astral plane mm -hmm. kind of idea so you do that and of course you can detect its source because it's the astral plane right so you continue onward until you come up like a submarine on a beach 
And on that beach, it's raining. So it's raining incredibly hard. And that's so that's where all here. the water's coming from. Uh, on I that beach, there is a, uh, is a person. It's Cameron, the person that you're looking for. So as you progress towards Cameron, um, he similarly does not really react to your presence. He's still kind of... Uh, out of it? Out of it, yes. And so he mentions the fact that he's like, oh, well, thank you for coming, but I really don't want your help anymore. Right? So, yeah, confusing because mm-hmm. previously he was very interested in you trying to help him. So uh, so how would you like to like progress from here? Do you want to talk it out? Um, yeah, obviously. Let's talk to him and figure out why he doesn't... He called me here, but he doesn't need me anymore. What's going on, bro? So he mentions that his powers are psychic in nature, so that's why he's able to do telepathic things. And um, he has a really unique gift where the emotions that come off of people are like so alluring to him. And because he has so little psychic training, that he's found a way to tap into the emotions that people have and, like, take them from them. So, the proper term for this is psychic vampire. Okay. So, as a psychic vampire, this has exacerbated... If there's a proper term for it. Yeah. <laughs> Being like this. So, his psychic vampirism has exacerbated a condition that he isn't aware that he has, which is bipolar disorder. Oh. So with his uh, with his psychic powers, right, he, he feeds off of the energy created from memories in the astral plane is the simplest explanation for it. But he, he enters into a manic state when he taps into people's emotions and drains them because he is literally absorbing the serotonin essentially mm-hmm. out of people like he's he is able to take positive feelings and give them to himself so he's entered into a period of rapid cycling where without his ability to gain more power from people he is in a depressive state and so he was the one who set all the psychic defenses because in this depressive state, he doesn't like himself and he doesn't want people to come and find him, right? So very common with bipolar people, the depression can lead to negative behaviors like that. So initially his idea is that he wants to be here and people forget about him and he dies. So do you have a, a means to help him? Um... It's a lot to take on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I mean, I guess I could help probably give him... I don't know. Like, what would I have to mend in his head? Well, I don't think it's necessarily an easy to solve answer, but if you can... I mean, you can help him in in a psychic's kind of a way. So, the fact that both of you have gifts... This kid sounds pretty dangerous. (laughs) Well, now you do recall that people who have mental illnesses aren't incredibly dangerous. It does kind of toe that line where... Well, but, I mean, whatever. Let's help him. Okay. So, well, so uh, you want him to join your team and you can Yeah, but I don't know how I'm going to help him. I don't even know where to start myself. Like. Well, sometimes you're not ready for the tasks that you have to take on. Okay. Um, but the fact that you still want to do it anyways... Well, proves well, why not? to me, the game master, that you're a hero. Yeah. Okay, so you say, you know... 
your kindred so your kindred spirits you can feel that in the astral plane he's also telepathic he just has more uncontrollable aspects mm-hmm. in his psychic nature that makes sense though so with you being very calm and very controlled over your psychic powers there's something that you, there's something to be said about you helping him and teaching him these things so what would you say to him <laughs> well i think that we it's being psychics hard yeah. And um, I can help you control it better so that you uh, don't feel overwhelmed and that maybe maybe that could help you have like a better life, a little bit more stability. And you don't have to be here in this like facility. You could be somewhere where you know you can get the help that you need, but you can also like have a little family and uh, it's a little bit more comfortable than here. I heard Astrid. What'd she do? She went, yeah. Okay, so he's just like. How'd she go? No. How when she doesn't like her food? Well, for right now, there's a stopgap measure. You could use your psychic powers to alleviate at least his depressive episode. Yeah. Kind of. So he's like, okay, well, can you give me like a little bit of happiness? And then... Sure, here, let's go. Okay, so you go, you give you that little happiness. Obviously, it's a psychic vampire, so it's incredibly draining when mm-hmm. you feel fatigued. But your situation's a little bit better. So you're like, okay, so... First step completed. We can teach you to do this so that you don't need to drain powers out of people in order to get you out of the rapid cycling that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. So, with that, you have the last member of your team. Can't you like, okay, well, can you tell me what kind of superhero name you want? And he says, I want to be Kid Kamazots. Of course, from uh, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. So there you go. That was the illusions that I drew in this is that you have all the people all doing the same thing, all thinking the same thing through a, a psychic presence mm-hmm. that controls them. So, uh, so there you go. So we can wrap up your story here. Your team is put together. Yeah, so you have a bunch of uh, fun characters. They need a lot of help and guidance, well, but I think you're, you're able to prop- like uh, provide that for them. I think that's the point, right? Yeah, yeah. in the little school. Okay, awesome. So since that wraps up the first episode of Mina Genesis, uh, stick around for future episodes where we find out what happens to this cast of mutant characters. Uh, I've been Evan. You've been Evan? You're no longer been, under Evan? No. Okay, well, I guess I still am, Katie. Okay. See you guys later. <laughs>